How much more do you want from me? More. How much more successful do you want me to be? More successful. How many records can my records break? More records. But, but I'm the best. But are you a different animal and the same beast? What the f does that mean, Kobe Bryant? You're welcome. Alright, welcome back to Underemployed, everybody. Episode 36, which of course now means there are more underemployed Pickle episodes. Rick! Than, Pickle Rick! <laughs> there are more underemployed episodes than WrestleMania's. We finally we finally reached that milestone. Jack here. David here. So uh interesting. so let, let's 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 pull the curtain back on how the bread is made to uh to combine two expressions into one. So we've been planning to do an episode for a few days and our schedule hadn't worked out, you know, over the weekend. And sort of in a cruel twist of fate, it ended up working because uh, we're recording this on Monday night. And yesterday, of course, was uh, the insane, stunning announcement that, you know, Kobe Bryant had died. And David, how did you, when did you find out? How did you find out? Um, I think it was probably about, probably about one or two o'clock local time. Um, know, let me check my text to you because I texted you pretty much like minutes after finding out. So that's interesting. Yeah, to that point. And I found out because of Twitter. Um, so I found out at about 320, I'd say about 320 yeah. yesterday uh, yesterday afternoon. So I had um, followed. And I, just, yeah. I, I saw it on Twitter and I saw it from an account from a, a New York Times reporter. So I figured it was that. I figured it was legit. Yeah, it wasn't one of those weird Twitter things where you're like, oh, is this just a running meme that I missed or is this a. No. And so I had fallen asleep by that point. Um, you know, one of the things we we're going to talk about if we had had a normal episode was that my sleep has just been atrocious with this new schedule. Uh, my body's not adjusting well, but I had woken up. I don't think from text, but I just woke up around 340 or so. And I woke up to maybe four or five texts that were sort of vague, but like, holy shit, those kind of things. And my immediate reaction was, oh, this isn't good. So I, I went to ESPN.com on my phone. I just assumed it was sports-related. and so, I do appreciate that your first instinct is this has got to be sports-related. Yeah, I was like, no one's texting me about, you know, oh, man, you know, like uh, there's new advancements in the Iran crisis with, with President Trump. It's like, no, nah, that's, that's, no one's texting me about that. So I assumed it's probably sports-related. And I checked ESPN.com and saw that Kobe Bryant had died. And, and that was a – it's – it was a weird moment. Um, and I think people who listen to this show know what a huge Lakers fan I am. And the first year I was watching them was 2000 when they won the title. Uh, that was the first year where Shaq and Kobe won the title together. And, and what a magical playoff run that was. So I grew up with Kobe. And for the record, I was always a Shaq guy. Shaq was my guy. And uh, David, I don't know if you're aware of this, but Shaq and Kobe often uh, tussled a little bit. Really? Yeah. Really, they didn't. They, they weren't fond of each other. Surprising. Yeah. At times, they didn't always get along. They weren't always the best of friends. So, um, if you they would, were the best of enemies, though. Um, <laughs> you know, I, th this segment will not feature a lot of sound bites, but I think this is an appropriate time, David. Correct me if I'm wrong. To put in the famous clip of Shaq uh, rapping in an underground club. Mere minutes after Kobe yes. lost the 2008 NBA Finals. Kobe, nigga, tell me how my ass tastes. Okay, Kobe, 
tell me how my ass tastes. You gotta laugh in a moment like this. Bring some levity. That clip always makes me laugh. Um, it does bring some levity, but there is. I have a critique as to how the whole thing went down. Um, TMZ broke the story, mm-hmm. and TMZ broke the story before Vanessa Bryant even knew about it. And that's where it's funny in the newsroom today. Thomas had asked me how I felt about that, and. It was an. I told him I wasn't sure because I get it when you have. It's also just going to naturally happen because if, you know, but so the, go ahead. There are so many. There was so much speculation in that like hour afterwards as to how many of the kids were on board, if any of the kids were on board, mm. if Vanessa was on board, if she wasn't. Like, there's unfortunately such an interest in getting the scoop instead of getting it right these days Mm -hmm. that we've seen it several times and in several sort of instances and different spheres of journalist journalism that like, and we saw it with the Supreme court decision on the individual mandate, uh, you know, two different sources saying break, you know, two different sources within minutes of each other breaking that a decision had been reached when, neither of them got it right. So like it was the 24 hour news cycle. This leads to a sort of a bigger, bigger criticism I have is the 24 news, 24 hour news cycle has broken our brains and broken the way we to have a a discourse on really anything anymore. Yeah. Um, Sports, media, pop culture in general, like it is all just fucked every last one of us up. I would argue Twitter. I, we've, we, I think we've talked about this before. I would argue Twitter. Oh, similar. I don't disagree with you at all yeah. about Twitter. Um, I think, too, one of the things that I had to debate was, well, I get that it just is going to spread so quickly because if, if one of the coroners or whoever's there at the scene says... Yeah, we think Kobe Bryant was on this helicopter. You know, all it needs—they're legally, but they're—they're legally not allowed to. I—I I, I do get that, but you can understand. But it—it it can just be something where, or someone tr- knows that that's Kobe Bryant's helicopter, and all of a sudden crashes, yeah. and then they hear a report of a helicopter crash, and they put two and two together, and yeah, it—it. It, I—I really went back and forth on integrity of it, and you know, in a perfect world, I kind of wish TMZ didn't exist. But oh, they, I I wish TMZ didn't exist in any world. But but they I mean, but they do, and I hate the the especially now tend to get it right. So it's I, when it comes to celebrity deaths, yeah, TMZ's word is basically bond. Except like, for except for Lil Wayne, famously. Yeah, like TMZ reporting deaths is almost as accurate as Wojnarowski reporting anything related to the right. NBA. Woj will occasionally get one wrong, but it's it's usually right. So I think it I. It, I go back. Obviously, in a perfect world, the fam, the whole family would have been notified first, and and we don't know the details on who knew, who should have, you know, all that. But in a perfect world, that doesn't happen. But when I, it, it was also, also oh, go ahead. No, finish your thought. No, I, I I think too for me, it was hard for me to feel put that together because um, when I by the time I had woken up, it had basically been confirmed. So I wasn't able to sort of go through that process because I, I was asleep when it broke. And by the time I woke up, it was not... I, I think they still haven't even technically... The coroner's office hasn't even technically confirmed it, I, but it's confirmed. But So go ahead, though. I was going to say, like, in all of this, we don't want to forget that other people lost their lives as well. Mm-hmm. Not just Kobe or not just Kobe's daughter, yeah. but, like, the teammate 
on the, on their travel basketball team. Into the baseball the coach pilot. and his yeah. you know, wife. Yeah, and... like people, a, a few people lost their lives, and that is sad for any and all parties involved. So, yeah, nine you know, people. Nine, pe- that... nine people are dead. That's not a. That's a yeah. large number. Yeah, it's, like it's hard. You know, and, and that's not to say that you know any one of those people has had as large a cultural impact as Kobe because they haven't. But like, they're still people. They are still people too, and their lives mean something to someone. Yeah, I think I think that the so the husband, wife, and a daughter lost their lives. I think they have two other kids at home. Like that's an insane, hor- insanely horrible situation where they don't have parents yeah. and a and a sibling anymore, and. Yeah. And I think the thing that got me yesterday was that, you know, because before we knew who else was died and we just knew it was Kobe and Kobe's 13 year old daughter was thinking, God, she's 13. Like Kobe at least lived a life and way too young. 41's way too young, but he lived a life and his daughter didn't get a chance. That's a really hard thing to come to grips with. Um, Still is. And same with the other families now. That's a family with a young daughter who doesn't get to grow up. And, and um, I, I still can't quite put my mind around all of that. Um, it's hard to in these situations. But um, I just... It, it, was a, it was an interesting day because I... Would, at sort of first, I just was sort of, I think, numb and just accepted it and all that. And then just at later points in the day, just was bawling and breaking down. And I, I had sort of talked about this in my posts about this on social media that those Laker teams were so much to me growing up. Because, David, you know this. Like, I didn't always, I wasn't always the most social kid. Um, I wasn't always a kid that had a lot, you know, like was always had his head on straight. I, I, but I always had that team and I always had Kobe cause he played for 20 years and I was watching for 16 of them. So you lose someone who's a fat, you know, it's not the same as someone who's lost a parent or lost a sibling or lost a loved one. It's not. And I don't want to make it sound like I'm insensitive, but you do lose someone who is part of who you are in a way. And that's, it's, it was hard to kind of come to grips with that too. Yeah. And I, 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 David, have you ever had like an, an athlete or a celebrity that died that had a really profound impact on you where, where you had to go, well, this isn't. Not yet. Pro- okay. Yeah. No, not yet. Um, I mean, it'll happen mm-hmm. eventually. I don't know. But it, it would be It'll like get there, but then this is you know, uh, I don't know. This is sort of very myopic way of viewing the world that I have. But just like I don't know, I just haven't gotten. You know, I don't get attached. I don't get particularly attached to athletes or celebrities or any of these people because the idea of like the whole culture of celebrity worship and and whatnot, like it it bothers me. It makes me feel kind of mm-hmm. icky. Like you know, the fact that the Grammys are going on and like. Staples Center, like people, the Staples Center had put out an announcement that was like, hey, please don't come to the Staples Center because the Grammys are going on. Like, fuck you. People are grieving. Yeah. And, and like, that, I don't give a shit if some celebrities are uncomfortable with people being there. Kick rocks. Yeah. It's it's also 
in LA, you're asking people not to mourn Kobe Bryant's death. That is, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> the most beloved Better. man in the second biggest city in the country is, is, is died and unexpectedly like that. People need to grieve and mourn. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I hadn't thought of it from that until you said it, but I was like, yeah, whatever. I mean, they'll work around it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Those celebrities. Oh God. God forbid those people are inconvenienced. Yeah. Hey, Billy Eilish had to take a back road. Okay, people, let's uh, you know, let's think about the real things here. She won four awards. Last so, salute to Billy Eilish. Um, they also, you know, what was great was the idea that to tri- to uh, honor Kobe at the Grammys, they brought out Boys to Men for a spontaneous performance. I was just like, oh, that's pretty dope. <laughs> Boys to Men and I think Alicia Keys. Yeah, they did a do. I mean, Boys to Men makes sense with now. Nah, I'm thinking about it because they're from Philly, but um, so is Kobe, but. Um, that was a cool thing that they did and it's it also shows and we talked about this in the newsroom today about it's beyond a sports story it's a big it, it, you know it's one of the most famous athlete it's one of the most famous people in the country and argu- oh, absolutely. arguably one of the most famous athletes in the entire world dying and I, yeah. it, it, it's a it's it reminds me a little a little of when Michael Jackson died of all that yeah. hoopla that surrounded that and the reaction to it. Um, I'm trying to think if there's it, another comparable. I don't, know if I, could go with, I don't know if I'd go with hoopla, but okay. You don't like the word hoopla or just uh, as a, as a definer of that? Yeah. I don't know if I'd use that as a definer. I mean, you know, again, Jackson, a problematic guy, but like, arguably the most important entertainer of the 21st century. Yeah, that's why I was saying it, it's a little bit like that. It's not on the same level um, because as famous and popular as Kobe Bryant is, Michael Jackson was at one point in the top three most famous people in the entire world. So that's... And there you could have made an argument at one point the most famous person in the world. So, yeah. But it's, this also crossed... It, it, like, it was our lead story on the news today, and we normally just lead with local stuff. And um, it even seeped into, like, we have consumer packages, we have um, national packages, and even those talked... The consumer package talked about the helicopter being used and if they're under fire for it and... You know, we did a package on the Grammys, which talked about the tribute to Kobe. It's just like it, it hits you that it's one of those things that's wide-reaching, and it is one of the biggest. I don't know. It was. It's still weird to come to grips with such a big story that happened. Um, and obviously, I'm biased because, as I was saying, I have such a personal connection to it. And I agree with your point about celebrity worship. And I think I try not to. I, I do it to a degree. I know I kind of jokingly do it with Shaq and Barry Bonds, but I try not to do that because that's also how you get burned is worshiping these people who have a public persona and then the reality of life sets in. Um, but Kobe was a big part of who I was growing up, just purely from a how I related athletics to my personal life. And so that's why it was hard for me. Um but it's 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 been a long. It was an interesting day. I'll I'll say that. Yeah. Um, and one of the things Dave and I have talked about too is that it's not you can't tell Kobe Bryant's story without talking about the bad parts of Kobe Bryant's life. Um, he was charged with rape in two thousand three, and the charges were dropped, and they settled a civil suit. So 
it it's it's a it's just a it was it, it taints his legacy it taints his life and it should like if it it's it's David I don't know what you're feeling on it that as a whole is but I'm I'm assuming you're probably in the same boat of like it, we can't ignore that stuff like that no you you can't ignore you can't ignore that story um I will be honest, it happened a long time ago. I wasn't totally aware of all of the details. Um, I am aware that either a settlement was made or he was acquitted, one of the two. So so uh, in the in the criminal trial, um, the prosecutors dropped the charges because uh, she refused to testify. And then she filed a civil suit shortly after that, and then they settled that out of court. So... Refusal to testify and settling in civil court does not equate exonerate guilt. or acquit Exa- him. Yeah, that's exactly. It just means that charges were never completely followed through on. So, like, we don't know. Yeah, and I mean that sincerely. This just, is not me being. We coy. just don't know. We don't. I don't. And I'm not. I. I think I can be. Fa- I'm fair on people I like and all that. And honestly, looking back, it's, it is one of those, it's not an open and shut case. I truly don't know. I could believe it one way or the other. Um, and yep. you know, but coming out of that and then the other incident and David, what ever, we can, what we can agree on is that it was a scummy thing to do to cheat on his wife. Right. And especially just, it, it was a real, like I, 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 for whatever reason that do cheating on a partner really, gets me and, and bugs me out about people who do it or anything like that. Um, and so, yeah, it was a real, as I said in my post at best, it was a scummy move at worst. It was a heinous crime. So it's not a perky situation. Like either way, he did a really shitty thing. Um, yeah. And the other thing, David, you were, uh, you reminded me of, um, before we went on the air, because I, I kind of forgot about that. I remembered it briefly today, but I've sort of been forgetting was in 2011, cameras caught him using a homophobic slur at a, uh, the homophobic slur at an official. And, well, uh, not the homo. There are more than one. Right, but it's, more than one homo. But if we say homophobic slur, it's probably the first one that's going to come to your mind. Um, right? Yeah. Okay. And he got, and, and one of the things that is important is that he got fined. He did a bad thing. And then David, what remind me what he did after that? He got better. He started, uh, he went to training, went to training programs with glad. He started working with them. He became not going to say an advocate, but somebody who could reliably be depended on to chip in a sound bite and Mm -hmm. be part of, you know, an awareness campaign for LGBT youth. So like, He's done some good. He's, you know, he is, as we said, not a man who is not without his flaws, mm-hmm. um, both on and off the court. But well, I'd argue, I'd argue, cannot, I'd argue on the court he was flawless. But continue. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I had some. I had know, to get some I heard, I heard a joke today, but I thought pertinent. You know, I heard Kobe Bryant passed. For once. <laughs> oh, brother, this guy stinks! If you don't, fi- if you're listening out there and don't find that funny, I'm sorry. You gotta lighten up a little. That's a great. <laughs> Man, I needed to laugh. That was really good. Um, 
Well, the old what was the, the old Kobe assist was a, uh, a an offensive yeah, rebound the Bill, on a missed shot. The, the, Bill, the Bill Simmons theory that the Kobe assist was an offensive rebound. Yeah, and it was um, it was a meme years ago I saw where it was some Laker teammate saying Kobe Magic Pass, and it's Kobe just looking for a pass. Just just get the rebound. Why? What? I'm confused. But, yeah, well, I mean, you look at some of the teams he was playing on, some of his teammates. Yeah, I don't blame him. That's why, and that, again, it helps to laugh, was thinking back. So in the post... Kobe Bryant got Derek Fisher five rings. Yeah, I know. And before... Derek the, Fisher Derek Fisher has more rings than LeBron. Yeah. Well, because he's a better player than LeBron, obviously, by the rings better met. Um so in the couple years post, a couple of the post Shaq, when Shaq left years, they got a point guard named Smush Parker, who was a nondescript NBA player. And he and Kobe famously did all-time not get along. Great, all-time great NBA nickname, though. Smush is a great name. I will agree with that. And um, Kobe, at one point, after years after Smush left, said uh, about the management with the Lakers, because he was disagreeing with them at the time, and he said, well, we, we got Smush Parker because we didn't want to pay for a real NBA point guard. And I thought, man, that is just the... <laughs> that is just the meanest and funniest thing I've heard in a long time. He just... Kobe doesn't throw people under the bus. Kobe straps them underneath Kobe the bus. Kobe drives the bus over them. <laughs> and then backs up to make sure, wait, I think I might have missed something. And then backs up as hard as he can. And he hated Kwame Brown. I mean, who didn't dislike Kwame Brown? But, um... Yeah, that's why Kobe's a complicated figure um, on the court because he was a ruthless motherfucker. He was a ruthless motherfucker. If he didn't think you were an adequate teammate, he called you out on it. Um, I don't, uh, I didn't at the time watching it always agree with it. I don't even after the fact always agree with it. But it worked a lot of the time. Um, I think it's also fun to. And David, you know this because you're just you you're so aware of the oeuvre of sports and everything that as Kobe got older, he really seemed to mellow out and he really became someone who embraced being Kobe Bryant and just enjoyed it. I mean, he was I mean he was able to make fun of himself with the, the Kobe system commercials mm-hmm. and like I don't know, he definitely he, he, he certainly grew on you and his, his detail series that he did on ESPN about different players, how he would break down different players games uh, in the NBA that I thought was, I thought was really interesting. So, yeah, he's one of the smartest players to ever play basketball too. So he was always interesting to listen to. And um, I think it's just, it's, it's, it was a lot to process and, and, and it's still weird to wrap my mind around because, Again, he like forty one is too young. Like he was just playing a few years ago, and and he won an Oscar. Like you know, his life was just. Ah, he won an Oscar at an empty field. Oh, hey, hold on. I'm sorry. How many other basketball players won an Oscar? Unless Space Jam won an Oscar, that I'm unaware of. Mm. I, you know, who David? Who do, who do I think should have won an Oscar? I, I bet you can guess this. I mean- Obviously, obviously, Shaq. Kazam was robbed. Let's 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 get that on the record. That just because Shaq didn't win an Oscar doesn't mean that Shaq shouldn't have won an Oscar. 
Sure, we'll, uh, we'll allow that argument to be made. My hope is that when Shaq's 88, they give him a Lifetime Achievement Award. Like they did with, uh, or at the very least, they did what they did with Scorsese, where he probably should have won earlier, but they gave it to the movie that wasn't as good. They were like, ah, you know what, he needs to win one. Yeah, oh, with The, the Departed? Yeah. Which I, I, Arguably, I, definitely, not even arguably, definitely not even close to his best. Film. Right, and then they were like, well, you know what, we got it. <laughs> I think John Stewart said after Three Six Mafia because he was hosting when Three Six Mafia won their Oscar for mm-hmm. Hard Out Here for a Pimp. And he said, "By the way, if you're keeping track at home, Oscar count Three Six Mafia won Martin Scorsese zero, <laughs> and that was so great." You know what? I think it just got a little easier out here for a pimp. But Kobe's short film, yes. Now I didn't know they had an Oscar for short film. I didn't know that was a thing that existed until Kobe won it. But Kobe still won an Oscar, and he won it with his traditional mamba mentality mm-hmm. so um and he i don't know it, it it he had a lot left to do and that's i think another thing where he was always active and he enjoyed life and i think he was interested in social things and just being around his kids and it's you know now he's got like he's, he's got a newborn daughter at home who's never going to know her dad and and it's that stuff's so hard to wrap Everything around. And was, was you know, a noted fan of um, AC Milan mm-hmm. and an avid soccer, like an, a proponent for soccer. And yeah. he brought um, a lot of, he brought a, a lot guy of who, you, who, who legitimately, if you, like a guy who you could legitimately use as someone to raise the question of, well, what if America's best athletes played soccer? And Kobe brought a lot of culture, including, you know, soccer to the NBA. Wasn't, wasn't there a famous thing where he was shit-talking Sasha Vujacic on the court in Italian? In Italian! He spoke fluent Italian! Because he, he grew up in Italy for a lot of his formative years. And, no, no, no. Oh, oh, so the story this year was um, the the Mavericks were playing the Lakers at Staples Center, and Luka Doncic mm-hmm. was like, he looked over because someone was trash-talking him, I think in Serbian, and he Man. looks over, and it's Kobe Bryant just giving him shit in Serbian. Who does that? Kobe Bryant is so methodical that he learns another language so that he can trash talk other players. I, if there was, like, I, I think I said this in text, like, I truly expected Kobe Bryant to be somebody who was going to be around the league forever. Like, yeah. until, you know, obviously until the day he died, but, like, I expected it to be, like, Bill Russell's age. When even he, at Bill Russell's age, he's still shit-talking somebody. Yeah. Bill Russell was, he flipped off Barkley at the, uh, a couple years ago when Barkley was giving him like a lifetime achievement award. And he just like, he kind of like cut to the camera and Russell just sort of flipped him the bird a little bit. It was like, Bill Russell's 86. So overall, just to wrap up that, yeah, Sunday was a crazy fucking day, but, uh, and there's a lot, there is a lot of Kobe Bryant's story to digest. And as we said, it's not all positive and it should not be completely swept under the rug, but no. The story should be from the bad was that he worked to make it better. Um, and you can't erase what he did, but you can acknowledge that the good that he tried to make out of it. I think that is important. That's my that's my view on it. I think that's important to note. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, let's uh pretty pretty morose topic. Uh I think David, we might as well get some some news jabs to lighten the mood. How do you what do you say? News jabs. News jabs. So uh, we've on the show before, we talked about how uh, cockfighting is the sport of kings, and uh, we thoroughly agree with that. That was our story about Puerto Rico banning cockfighting. Not banned in India, but maybe this story should make them reconsider. 
A 50-year-old man in India was killed when he was sliced in the neck by his own rooster while on the way to a cockfight. Now... Maybe don't attach the blade till you're at the ring. Yeah, it's a practical thing of that, and also just a, a, a karmic thing, if you think about it. I mean... <laughs> the rooster was sort of like, training this bird to fight, right? And the bird was saying, "Hey, I'm not, I, I, I'm not in the mood for this chava." So he uh, took matters into his own hand. Now, listen, we're not celebrating death, but I, I just think it's a, it, <laughs> I don't know. Cockfighting's an interesting topic, but that's oh, one right ironic. Now. It ironic. It's deliciously ironic. Man killed by his own cock. Now, <laughs> thanks, David. Um... <laughs> Speaking tangentially of that headline, Philadelphia professor... You really say we got to the taint of the matter. <clears throat> Philadelphia professor accused of spending $185,000 in grant funds on strip clubs and iTunes. <laughs> now, um, Why would you spend it on iTunes? That's like, the qu- There's a paper trail there. So it's also... So in the meat of the story, because the headline sort of tells the tale, but more than $96,000 was spent at adult entertainment venues and sports bars. Okay, I can see that you get a good lap dance and you're like, you know what, let's just spend 20 Gs tonight. I'm feeling uh, feeling lucky. And at a sports bar, you're like, well, I gotta buy cheese fries for the table. That bill adds up pretty quickly. But about $89,000 was spent on iTunes purchases. How in the world could you spend $89,000 on iTunes if you tried? Movies. Have you, but you're buying like every movies are like movies are like fifteen. So you're buying every movie in existence, though. You're buying basically you're buying a lot of them, and yeah. you're buying, you're buying e- a lot of movies. You're buying every album. That's what you're buying whole seasons. Yeah. Of things, you know, a whole season's gonna run you like, uh, like or, or, or even a whole series. A whole series is gonna run you like fifty bucks. Eighty nine thousand dollars on iTunes. That's insane to me. Um, but he was accused. Other news out of Philadelphia. Well, Gritty is. Uh, Gritty you. has been hey. accused of assaulting a 13-year-old. My final, my final news chat. Philadelphia Flyers mascot Gritty accused of punching 13-year-old boy. Now listen, we do not victim blame on this show. However, Philadelphia Flyers mascot and socialist icon. Yes, as David would point out, uh, he was. Remember, uh, Gritty is Antifa. Antifa. However, I want to state for the record, even though we do not victim blame. Um, we are team. We are hashtag team. Have you ever met? Thir- have you ever met a thirteen-year-old? Oh god, they're the, they're they're little shits. And I was a thirteen-year-old. I was I sucked. So um, I'm inclined. Again, we got to hear both sides. But we are hashtag team gritty. Uh, oh yeah. And oh yeah. Now, especially like this story, just like not adding up. Like they not. waited two months after the fact to like file a lawsuit. Yeah. Like. It alleges like Gritty like ran over from yeah. one side of the room and punched this kid in the back of the head. Chris like, Greenwell told the really? Philadelphia Inquirer that Gritty quote took a running start and punched his son Brandon as hard as he could after the boy playfully patted the mascot on the head after taking a photo with him. That doesn't make any sense. No, that does not add up. Like the Gritty gets a playful pat from a 13-year-old who took a picture with him, and Gritty said, "Oh, I don't like any physical contact being, despite the fact that I'm a mascot. I'm going to charge up as hard as I can and punch this 13-year-old in the head." Yeah, the same the same mascot that had a kid try and drop the gloves with him twice during a Mites on Ice segment is gonna then go out and punch a kid in the head. Yeah. Okay, bud. Yeah, so again, we do not victim blame, however, I, and I also, I, this I'm, does I'm not, not blaming, add up. and I'm not blaming the 13 year old, I'm blaming the, uh, the, the dad. I'm blaming the dad, who seems to want a little bit of, I don't know, money. Um, 
moment in the sun. However, we uh, all your prayers for Gritty will be appreciated. And um, prayers up. Also, F in the chat for Gritty, y'all. I was gonna say, if you want to send us money that will funnel certainly to Gritty's legal team and not use it for illicit adult entertainment venue and sports bar purchases, then uh, send it our way. Send it. Uh, my Ven, my Venmo is open. It is the same as my Twitter handle so, and yeah. my Instagram. And um, if that doesn't work, just send me a uh, a mail order check. Just you can yeah, do it. Just a cashier's check. Yeah, yeah, just simple. All right, David. Uh, Let's end this show with a, uh, a stump the slob. Um, oh boy, I've so, not had a good record on this. You're not, but you know what? It's the spirit of the competition. Um, sure, so, we'll go with that. So, uh, long way to get to the question, but so Eminem just released an album entitled Music To Be Murdered By, which of course was inspired by an album that featured Alfred Hitchcock. Here is the stump the slob. How did Alfred Hitchcock die? Wasn't it a stroke? It it's it's sim it's not too far removed from a stroke. A I'll, heart attack? You're getting a little warmer, I would say. Let's get. Was it a blood clot? No, it was kidney failure. Oh. The ripe old age of eighty, Alfred Hitch. Now I don't expect you to know. That's not a trivia. I don't expect you to know that. But I was I was curious because I was like, how how did Alfred Hitchcock, one of the most famous horror probably the most famous horror director of all time actually died. And I was like, oh, he died of a relatively... Uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say Alfred Hitchcock was horror. I would say Alfred Hitchcock was a thriller director. Because he did... Because he, yeah, he so... was making films in an era where, where, blood, sh where, where blood wasn't really acceptable for, the, for the, the norm. I would argue that either Wes Craven or... Um, God, who was the guy who did the original Night of the Living Dead? George Romero. I would argue that either one of those two would, would be considered sort of the godfather of the horror movie. Yeah, I, would, I think you can make the argument. It's an interesting argument. I think with Hitchcock, you could argue that um, he did psychological thrillers that really bordered on horror. Like, Psycho is much more of a psychological thriller. And that's, I think, one of the only movies of his I've seen. Rear Window. The Birds is sort suburbia, of horror, right? Or su Suburbia. Um yeah, I would say, I, yeah, yeah, you could, you could make that. So I think Hitchcock kind of, he, I, so it's, I think, and not having seen a lot of his movies, I think Hitchcock kind of tiered that line. So I'm not disagreeing with you. Yeah. I just, I think it's an interesting argument to have actually. Um, either way. So uh, that is episode 36. We know it's sort of a one note show, but uh, it was a big story and we wanted to talk about it. However, we want you to mark your calendars. February 8th, 2020. David, what do you think is going to be our next episode of this show? Uh, oh, I think we're going to have a guest. Ooh, no, no, no. Good guess. But it is, in fact, February 8th, 2020 marks the two-year anniversary of the start of Underemployed. So, so the next time you hear our sultry, dulcet tones shall be when we uh, recap season two of Underemployed. All of your favorites, and by proxy, least favorites, I suppose, all the guests we had, uh, we, we talk about all of it. We talk about all that shit. We talk that talk. We talk. And, uh, you know, uh, we hope that you all have a, have a wonderful winter. Uh, David, real quick to wrap up, how's the weather been in D.C.? Up and down. Um, in a word, it, well, in, in, in a couple of words, not great. Mm. Um, I've uh, had a couple of sort of, con I've had a couple of bouts of, of, of nasal congestion because, you know, when it goes from 70 to 30 in a matter of days... Oh, and then back to 70. What a DC thing. Yeah. Ugh. 
But uh, we hope it's it- not even been cold enough to snow. Can like it's not even consistently cold enough for it to snow and stick. And that's really all I want out of I, the winter. Like I, I want one. I want one like three, maybe four inches snowstorm a year. That's it. That's really yeah. all I want. Yeah, nothing crazy. Just enough. Just enough to shut things down for one day. You get to walk out and enjoy it. We've been having the same thing in Parkersburg. It's been in the low teens a lot of mornings. Um, and by mornings, mm-hmm. I mean when I'm wide awake for work. And it's just like, man, I would just like some snow. I'm going to have to suffer through all this cold. We just get yeah. we get cold and then rain if it does get any yeah. moisture. But anyway, um, so we hope you people stay bundled up. We hope that you're listening to this underemployed episode by the fireplace with a blanket and a nice hot cup of cocoa. Because that's what this podcast, the aesthetic of this podcast is that. Right, David? Absolutely. 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 All right, take care, y'all. Can't tell exactly where it stems from, but it's happening again, huh? Y'all used to be in my corner, now you just back.